This episode of The How of Car Washing is sponsored by Diamond Shine. Diamond Shine is the premier car wash chemical manufacturer dedicated to maximizing the profitability and performance of car washes nationwide. Visit diamondshine.com today to learn from the industry experts. Welcome to the How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. My guest today is Chris Anderson. He's the president and CEO of Mark 7 here in Colorado. Uh, Mark has been... uh, has an interesting background. We're going to talk about some of the things he's done, but uh, Chris is actually a CPA. He started his career as a CPA in the 1990s and then sort of took an interesting turn and became a bicycle, a cycle guide in Europe for Backroads International, where he met his wife, his lovely bride, Heather, and, uh, and then came back and uh, got, a, got a, I hate to say a real job, but got, a, got another type of job, starting to work for the Hilti Corporation. So he's got a long... Uh, career with Hilti, starting off as a strategic projects manager. Uh, he was a telecom and electrical account manager. Uh, got into sales, became a regional sales manager, marketing director, senior marketing director, and then the last position he held for Hilti was a division manager. Uh, he had a P&L that he managed over $65 million with an 80-member team in the industrial healthcare and construction segment. So, uh, and then he came to work for Mark 7. So, Chris, thanks for joining us today. We're excited to have you on. Thanks for having me on, David. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So tell us, I always ask my guests, how did they get in the car wash industry? So how did you, how did you find the car wash industry? Well, to be honest with you, David, the car wash industry found me. Um, okay. you know, working for Hilti for a dozen years. Uh, Hilti is a, a European manufacturer, very focused on innovation. Uh, so a lot of that German engineering is in the, embedded in the culture, if you will. So I had an appreciation for the German engineering, um, and then Mark 7 came along, which is a subsidiary of WashTech, and uh, I saw this, a similar culture there where it really focused on innovation and engineering, um, and what I also liked about it is uh, it, it's, it's a business to business. You know, I really love working with entrepreneurs, so uh, I, I could continue to do that here at Mark 7. Good, good. So you've been in the industry now for a couple of years, I think. What, what, what has been some of your impressions about the car wash industry in general? You know, it's interesting. Um, you meet an entrepreneur every day. Uh, this is one of the most entrepreneurial industries I've ever seen. Uh, people looking for new ideas on how to start businesses, about how to differentiate themselves from their competition. Um, it's also a very small industry as well. Uh, the construction industry was a very large. I mean, just in North America was a, a $10 billion industry. Uh, compared to that, car wash is much smaller, so it's much more friendly. Everybody seems to know each other in this industry, so uh, you know I'm really enjoying it so far. Good, good, good. Yeah, it, I've found it to be a very interesting. Uh, I, I have a corporate background as well, and coming into the car wash industry, I really enjoyed it. It's a very friendly group of people. It's a people that want to help each other, and uh, is always reaching out. And I just I love the people that I get to meet in it, and uh, that that's continued on here. So, um, so Mark 7, Mark 7 is a division of WashTech. And when, when did, give us a little history on Mark 7 as far as when it started and how it grew up and then how it got married to, to WashTech. Sure. 
You know, Mark Seven started uh, by a gentleman by the name of Harry Matthews, who's uh, who's ironically still our landlord here in Arvada, Colorado. Okay. Uh, Harry, Harry was a pioneer in the touchless side of the car wash business. And uh, he started manufacturing right here, and we still manufacture, uh, design and manufacture right here in Colorado. And, um, you know, WashTech and, and Mark Seven started working together in 2003. And really the synergies that were between the two organizations was WashTech was really a pioneer in the, in the soft touch side of the business. And they saw Mark Seven needed to complement its part, portfolio. So for about three years, the two organizations started working together. Mark Seven was selling WashTech equipment in North America. And then subsequent to that, uh, WashTech decided that it uh, wanted to increase its footprint, global footprint, and uh, bought Mark Seven in 2006. And uh, if we look at what Mark Seven does today, um, you know, Mark Seven really is in the total car wash care business, we like to say, which is really we try to help our customers grow their business. Um, you know, from a product standpoint, it includes chemical, it includes equipment, includes on-site service, and it also includes the marketing that really helps our customers drive their business. We're in the tunnel side of the business. We're also in the rollover side of the business. Okay, okay. And then you, uh, historically, Mark 7 did uh, self-serves as well, I guess, if you're doing in-bay automatics, you probably also do self-serve bays, the equipment for self-serve bays. Sure. We still do that today. Um, it's certainly a smaller part of our overall business because what we're finding is a lot of customers are really looking for a higher level of service, uh, the do it for me versus do it for myself. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big change in that trend. So wash tech is a, is a, a lot of American car wash operators might not be as familiar with wash tech, but it's a very large company in Europe. It's a, it's a, you know, it's, it's a publicly held company. Do you want to give us some details on that? Yeah, sure. So WashTech is the world's largest manufacturer of car wash. Uh, it's, it's based out of Augsburg, Germany. So you can see the German engineering coming out of that, which Augsburg is right between uh, Munich and Stuttgart, which is where all the car manufacturing comes from. Uh, they've got uh, presence in every major developed country in the world. Uh, it's about $400 million overall. Um, so they offer, again, you know, equipment, chemicals, service, and obviously more. With, um, with over 70 engineers, WashTech prides themselves on providing maximum customer benefit is what we like to say. And we do so through the, uh, through the innovation. And uh, what we like to have is the cleanest car in the industry. Right, right. And the ICA did a management tour uh, in the summer of 2016, and I happened to be fortunate enough to attend that. And we did, were able to take a factory tour of the factory there in Osberg, and it's a very impressive process that they go through to manufacture. And it's interesting how they componentize a lot of the products, and some of the products are made in other countries in Europe, and they're brought in and actually built in, and, and uh, built up there in Osberg. So big, big factory and a, a pretty pretty interesting uh, interesting operation i saw some rollovers they were installing some demonstration rollovers which were actually going to be uh car washes there on factory site so they can bring in customers to uh to see the operation uh in you know, actually see cars getting washed which i think will be neat yeah yeah that's the yeah. new uh, the customer service center that was just built there uh and is recently probably even more recent than you've been over there it's been completed and uh, we're pretty excited about that Good, good. So, yeah, I want to talk about two different things on this particular podcast, the in-bay automatic industry, because it's something I don't understand. I'm a, I'm a tunnel guy, but um, I know there's, there's a lot to the in-bay automatic um, 
industry and what it's doing. And I'm seeing a lot of interesting things come up with InBay Automatic. But um, overall, what, what are you finding in the overall industry of InBay Automatic? Are people leaning more toward tunnels or are you still seeing a thriving, vibrant InBay Automatic market? Yeah, you know, it's 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 a discussion that happens quite a bit in our industry as of recently. Um, you know, overall, we we think the industry is doing quite well um, on the NBA automatic side of things. Um, we can talk about the different customer segments that it serves, but um, we we believe that the NBA automatic is growing in the high su- single digits um, over the last five years. So we compare that to the tunnel side of the business. We do see that the tunnel side of the business is growing faster. Um, but at the end, you know, it's really about these the operators and how they differentiate their business and, and how they want to, what offering they want to have to their end users. So it's quite a bit different. Um, but uh, overall, you know, we're seeing a robust business right now. And I, I've talked to many of the other manufacturers in the business, and uh, they seem to be having similar growth than we're having right now. Yeah, yeah. So a typical customer for an Inbay Automatic, so as I think about it, I mean, what would make a good, I can think of three or four different examples where, where I might think about putting in an InBay automatic uh, site as opposed to a tunnel site. Do you want to give us some insight on mm-hmm. what would be a typical customer for that, that product? Yeah, you know, the, the, the InBay automatic side really serves a variety of markets, but I would say there's, there's, there's three major segments that it really uh, takes care of. Uh, number one is the convenience store segment. Uh, where they have fuel, they have convenience store items, and uh, they also have car wash. Secondly, I would say that the auto dealership side of things, uh, there's a few changes uh, in, with auto auto dealerships and manufacturers. And then finally are the independents. And I would say the independents would be uh, a little bit of overlap with the tunnel side of the business where their primary revenue streams um, come from car wash. Um, but these these businesses are also so very different. And, um, you know, take the convenience store side of the, the business. This really came out of the, the mineral oils. You know, this is the, the big mm-hmm. oil production companies. But in the last 20 years, those, those production companies have really sold off most of their assets. So there's an emerging new side of this business, which is the convenience store retailer specialist, if you will. And I suppose if there's another major trend that we're seeing in that side of the business, it's consolidation. You know, right. companies like 7-Eleven and, and Circle K, they're really buying up a lot of their competitors because they've got a model that really works. They're scaling that model. And the easiest way to do that is just go buy the different stores that don't necessarily have a model that works. So, um, you know, the, the, those businesses, that business in particular is really it's all about profit per square foot because they could put whatever they want on that particular store. Sure. And yeah. um, it also changes the, the personnel that they have in there as well because, they need to f- focus on fuel. They need to focus on convenience and car wash. And it sounds simple, but it's really not that simple because um, there's a lot of different things that they need to pay attention to. Yeah, yeah. So InBay Automatics are known for, I would say, simplicity in operation. It's a simpler system to operate. And so it lends itself well to a convenience store manager or worker who might not have a lot of knowledge in the car wash business, but can take care of the equipment or reset it or whatever needs to be done at the time uh, something happens. Yeah, it's. I think that's difficult because if you look at the typical convenience store, you have somebody who's behind the register and that individual can't necessarily leave the register. So right. they really do need something that needs to, uh, to, to take care of itself. 
um, you know, putting putting have, putting somebody up in front to either scrub the front or the back of the car. Um, that's going to be a little bit more difficult when you've got it got to be behind the cash register. So, yeah, you know, that's the labor part of it is a big um, is a big consideration. The other consideration is, although there are shorter tunnels these days, uh, it still does have a smaller footprint and a smaller investment overall. So. Uh, obviously, the, the entrepreneur needs to calculate the return on investment and the, the land that they have to work with. So a lot of different considerations. Right, right. And as I'm thinking about InBay Automatics, I think um, it, it's an opportunity. And I see them typically in towns that are smaller, so there might not be the density that's available to a larger town where a tunnel might be able to support it. Where you're in a smaller town, uh, your wash volumes might not be as high as it would be in a tunnel but uh, mm-hmm. it gives you an opportunity to make an investment in that area where, uh, and, and you can make money at it versus trying to figure out how to put a tunnel in. Yeah, yeah. We're seeing the exact same thing. Smaller towns definitely are, are, it makes sense. Um, also in areas where the entrepreneur has, happens to be landlocked um, and they just don't have the space uh, or they don't want to deal with the, some of the labor um, challenges that are associated with, with hiring a labor force. Right, right. And then, and then uh, conversely, you might put it in a high density area, like a middle of a city, mm-hmm. where land prices are extremely expensive. And, and like you said, it's a smaller footprint. Um, yeah. You might be able to get a smaller site into a place with a lot less money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good, yeah. good. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of thinking of when I think about InBay Automatics. But kind of describe, you, you've seen kind of the evolution of this. It was great. I went out to the WashTech website and was able to look at the history of WashTech and see... Uh, the pictures that they had on their website. So I, I always, I'm always fascinated with car wash equipment as it looked back in the 1950s <laughs> and the 1960s. And WashTech has done a nice job of, uh, you know, showing some, some examples of their technologies from those days. But um, what are some of the technological advances that you're seeing in InBay Automatic Equipment? Yeah, so, you know, um, there's there's a variety of things that are coming. Um, the... Some of us are have five brush systems. Some of us have three brush systems. Some of them have open bay concepts, which essentially the uh, the entire machine is anchored up on the walls. Um, so those are some of the differences. Uh, innovations we're seeing. Uh, some of the innovations aren't even with the equipment. You know, it could be the subscription services that we're seeing out there that that really drive customer loyalty. Um, software and hardware is changing quite a bit. Um, you know, some software. Uh, helps us with remote monitoring, uh, being able to change things remotely uh, within the car wash. Um, we're seeing new technologies come to really change how we're cleaning the car. Uh, the challenge with cleaning the car primarily is the front and the back of the car. And uh, if they can clean the front and the back of the car, they're, uh, they're, they're a step ahead of the game. Um, we're seeing a lot of uh, innovations as it relates to just the overall experience the customer has you know we're seeing different lighting options that are coming out and uh, we're seeing different chemical options which can do different things to the car uh, a lot of innovation there um, but in the end you know I would say the the, the major innovation is about the experience uh, with the user uh, with the with the car driver the car owner okay. and uh, we're seeing quite a bit there as well yeah that's a great point but you talked about subscription give me some ideas of what uh, people are able to do now with InBay Automatic and subscriptions and automatic, you know, automatic programs. Mm-hmm. 
And it's no different than what you'd see at, um, at, at a tunnel site um, is you get a monthly subscription for a certain level of a wash. Um, sometimes we're seeing fuel retailers bundling that together with gasoline. Um, but, you know, that's, that's one type of subscription. Another one is uh, multi-use cards that we're seeing as well. Um, but at the end, it's really about uh, creating that habit within the customer and ultimately creating loyalty for that customer to keep them coming back. Okay, good, good, good. I know there's uh, there's the differences between friction and touchless car washing. It seems like there's still some movement in the NBA automatic industry for touchless uh, car washing versus uh, friction or cloth. Can you give us some background on where that's going and the advantages of either one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, again, this is uh, the, our history is uh, through touchless washing. So, um, you know, at the, there was one time where Mark 7 was 100% touchless. And uh, we're seeing a trend more towards touch. And the simple reason why is because you could just you get a, a better cleaning when you actually touch the car. Now, there were some challenges many years ago when, uh, when we were using the weed whacker type of material mm-hmm. that would damage the car. Well, yeah. the, the weed whacker material is gone at this point. Um, we use a material called Softex that really doesn't absorb water or dirt, so it doesn't, you know, continually uh, hit the car with water or dirt, uh, the dirt. And uh, it's really getting a better, cleaner car, and um, it's also uh, not damaging the cars anymore. So uh, other advantages that we're also seeing is there's significantly less chemical usage, which is better on the environment. It obviously is better on the uh, the operator's wallet as well because it, it drops the overall cost per car. And um, I say I, I think that there's one other related topic would be the amount of water that is used is, is less when you're looking at cleaning with a touch versus touch-free. Right, right. And, and when I first got in the business, I had the, the guy that installed our tunnels kind of explain it to me. There's three facts. There's friction, there's water, and there's chemical. And if you eliminate one of those factors, you've got to increase the other two. So if you don't have cloth you got to increase your chemical or increase your water um, yeah. to, to be able to get a car clean. And he used the analogy of washing your hands. He said, well, how, how'd your mom teach you to wash your hands? You know, you put your <laughs> hands under the water, put the soap on there, and you got to rub, right? That rubbing process is good. And probably it's interesting because we still get people that come to our car wash asking if it's touchless. So the, the idea of touchless car washing from a consumer standpoint is still pretty pretty important. And, and uh, they, they like the idea of touchless and that probably melted very well into the convenience store or the operator that might not have been on site if they had an in-bay automatic self-serve car wash where touchless took out that issue of having to maintain the equipment to such a level where somebody needed to be present all the time. Right, right. You know, I, I would say there's uh, there's maybe even one other element. You mentioned um, the, the, the three elements. Um, when you're talking touchless, um, you also have to have heat as well. Okay. Because um, that's a that's an incredibly important uh, part of the the, um, uh, the 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 four elements that we would call, um, and I would say there's a difference between perception and and reality in the industry right now. You know, there still is that perception that that touchless um, is going to be better for my car. At the same time, we understand that there's going to be a lot of harsh chemicals on the car, so that's not necessarily good for the car. Mm-hmm. Um, so that needs to be um, taken into consideration. But 
perception and reality doesn't know isn't always the same thing so um you know we're we're big fans of, of both touchless and touch um and touch um but there there is a perception out there about the touch touchless and i'm not sure it's always reflective of what what reality is right right but 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 you still offer touchless options sure absolutely okay. yeah because there are yeah. people still out there wanting that so that's good so uh, let's let's move over to Wash Tech and and uh, Europe. Um, on the car wash tour that we took, we got to visit probably seven to ten different car washes, and it was very interesting seeing the differences between the U.S. market and how they wash cars and the European market and how they wash cars. Why don't you give me your perspective, and then I'll give you my perspective. Yeah, yeah, I w- I'm curious to hear yours. Um, so I would say, um, you know, let's start with the end user. Um, I would say that North Americans are slightly more tolerant of, of wet cars coming out of the car wash. And they certainly want a, a clean car, um, but I think there's a little bit more tolerance here for, for wet cars. You can also look at the types of cars that we have here. Three of the top five selling cars here are pickup trucks. Right. And pickup trucks just aren't, aren't a major factor in Europe. And it also changes how we design our, 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 our car washes. Um, because pickup trucks are inherently wider than uh, than the other the um, typical cars in Europe. Uh, another key point is some of the differences is there's more stringent rules on chemicals in Europe, which really limits the amount of touch-free that is available in Europe. And um, Europe uh, is is largely a rollover market. There are, certainly are tunnels there, but it's largely rollover. And the uh, the two reasons I would say that there are for that is. Land is more expensive over in Europe than it is in the U.S., um, and obviously the, the, you have a smaller footprint. And also, if you look at the cost of labor in Europe, there's a lot more labor rules in Europe. Um, it, it becomes more challenging. So if you can have a car wash without any labor, that really makes a big difference. Obviously, the density of the population in Europe is really different. Um, and in some countries over in Europe, there's unique rules. So let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, in some places, you have to step out of the car to be able to get a car wash. Um, I believe it's a perception of safety. Um, I'm again, I, I use the word perception because I'm not sure I, I believe it. Um, but there, that's just one of the other uh, differences that we see here versus uh, versus Europe. So I'm curious to hear your your okay, perception good, of, yeah. of your trip. That's interesting because I was looking at it more from a consumer standpoint. So the one thing I noticed is in the U.S., we like a show. So as we go through the car wash, we want the show. We want lots of foam. We want lots of triple foam, for example. We want the colored foam. Where in Europe, white is the only color that they use over there. And I, I think I heard because there's a perception that color is unnecessary and color is not environmentally friendly when you have to add dyes to to a a particular chemical, and there, there's just no need for that. So why put it in? So in Europe, all the foam was white as you went through the car wash. There, there wasn't that light show. There wasn't that experience necessarily. People weren't as interested in the experience of getting their car washed. Um, I think cars in Europe are probably newer in general. Would that that be a safe assumption to, to yeah. make? Okay. Yeah, for sure. Average car age, I think, is what is it? Eleven years here. What do you What do you know about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would think the eleven to fifteen years is probably what is it. And they're getting older because we're making them better, and people are hanging on to them longer. So yeah, yeah. I'd say definitely over over ten years. What do you know? What the average car age is in Europe? Or um, I don't I don't have any data on that. But just looking at the highways, um, it seems they're uh, they they seem to be newer. 
Yeah, yeah, they just overall seem to be newer. And and like you said, there's not many pickup trucks. And pickup trucks are a challenge to wash. I mean, it's hard to get. You can get a pickup truck clean, but you're not going to get it dry if, if that bed is, is open. And so that that's very challenging. And cars aren't that dirty in Europe. I don't think either they wash them often enough where uh, they don't get dirty or they're just not in an environment where cars get dirty. Like here, there's just a lot of open land and people like to take their cars up like here in Colorado, like to take them up the mountains and run them through mud. And, um, you know, it just, for whatever reason, as I'm watching cars go through tunnels, they're just, they don't look like they need to be washed, but they're washing them. And so you don't have that challenge of, um, you know, it's not as challenging to get the dirt off as it is, I think, sometimes in the U.S. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because um, different areas of Europe, I mean, obviously they're, they're unique countries there and they've got unique rules. Um, so let's take a couple of examples here. Uh, a unique rule, some countries are allowed to have studded tires, some are not. And obviously okay. that presents a, a unique challenge for the car wash operator. When you've got studs on your car, you're probably going to have some tar from the road. Um, some countries are allowed to use certain chemicals. If you go further up north, um, you're allowed to use, in Norway, you're allowed to use different chemicals than you're allowed to use in, say, Germany or, or Italy. And maybe in Italy, you don't even need to use chemicals. Um, okay. one, one other thing, you, you mentioned the word uh, uh, dirty. They don't seem to be dirty. Um, the, you've got the Autobahn in Germany where they're going 240 kilometers an hour. Sure. When a bug hit, hits a car at 240 miles an hour, I will tell you, that's a real challenge to be able to get that bug off of there without damaging the paint. Okay. Um, so, so there are some there, there's some unique challenges there, but it's just different than it is in the U.S. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I didn't think about that, but yeah, they, they probably do have some issues with along those lines. But um, and I think they generally, I don't uh, their their cars. You know, it's like they've got a real love affair with vehicles. I think in mm -hmm. Europe, like like they do in the U.S. I, I don't know what I don't know what what the new generation is going to be feeling like as far as cars are concerned. But I know our generation you know, very much love cars and our parents love cars. And we, you know, we're, we experienced a 50 or 60 year love affair with vehicles. And I think, you know, obviously Germany has got a tremendous love affair with vehicles and uh, they love their vehicles over there and take good care of them. So those are mm -hmm. some of the things that I see over there. This episode of the How of Car Washing is sponsored by Diamond Shine. Diamond Shine is the premier car wash chemical manufacturer dedicated to maximizing the profitability and performance of car washes. Efficiently producing clean, dry, and shiny cars nationwide, Diamond Shine helps operators create a top-notch wash experience and satisfied repeat customers. From branding and marketing to on-site problem solving, Diamond Shine's team delivers results. Visit DiamondShine.com today to learn more from the industry experts. So WashTech, give us a little history of WashTech. How long have they been in business and how, how have they evolved? Yeah, so um, WashTech has, has been in business for well over 50 years. Uh, it's a conglomerate of a variety of companies that have come, uh, come together over time. Um, you know, obviously they, they bought Mark 7, but they've also had some consolidation over Europe purely with the point of they wanted to get economics of scales uh, of scale. Um, they've had a lot of uh, changes as of recently. The, the uh, supervisory board is almost entirely new over at WashTech. And um, 
you know, the last, I would say the last three to four years have been particularly good to Wash Tech. It's a, it's a publicly traded company. And just over the last three to four years, the stock has gone up by 500%. So oh, wow. uh, obviously, obviously something is going particularly well with Wash Tech yeah, right now. Yeah. We only went and known five years ago. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So uh, one thing I did, we did visit a couple of Wash Tech tunnels over in Europe and this one tunnel was a big tunnel and it was interesting. It was in, you know, usually in the U S we're very selective about sites and where we put it. And it's got to be in a retail area and it's got to have a lot of good ingress, egress and visibility. And this was in the middle of a farm field. I think it wasn't, um, <laughs> it was just like, how in the world <laughs> do we have a tunnel here in the middle of nowhere? But it was doing a massive amount of cars. And I think, again, in Europe, I think those ideas of where you put a car wash is much different. Uh, We've seen car washes, obviously the big chain in Germany, Mr. Wash, um, Bob's Car Wash in, in, in the Netherlands, um, Auto Wash. So some of those chains will actually put up in industrial areas. Um, they'll, they'll take old industrial warehouses and put car washes in them. Uh, but this particular car wash, it was in the middle of, of a, you know, what, what used to be a farm field. And uh, they were doing a great business. But I was really intrigued by the technology of the tunnel. And that's what I want to talk to you about mm-hmm. is um, I don't, you might call it linear technology, I think. I don't know if that's the correct term or not. But yeah. I, was re- I was really fascinated how the equipment would move with the car as it was going through the tunnel. Do you want to describe that real quick? Sure. Um, you know, the I mean, let's start with the with the end user here. The end user is really looking for that clean car, and they're very particular in Germany. And um, you know what they decided was that the challenge was cleaning the back of the car and cleaning the front of the car. So what they developed, and this was developed about 30 years ago, was something called linear technology. And it's really there's three major elements to it: um, the brushes, the high pressure rinse, and and the dryer. And what they wanted to do was find a better way that the brushes could not only contour the car for the top brush, but for the wraps, it could chase the car while it's going back and forth across the backside of the car. Um, So then you look at the high pressure rinse. The high pressure rinse, they wanted to contour. They wanted to get closer to the car. So if you can get within a couple inches of the car and then put high pressure on it, it's going to have a much bigger impact on the car and the cleanliness of the car. And then finally, you've got the uh, the dryer. Um, the dryer, again, um, one of the major problems that you have in Europe is energy is very, very expensive in Europe. So if you can get the dryer contouring about six inches from the car and then have it tilt to be able to, almost like a knife edge, take the, the, uh, the droplets off the car and then chase it, chase the car down through the tunnel, um, you're going to get a drier car. It's, you're not going to have to do the manual labor afterwards, and um, it will ultimately save you energy, uh, which is going to save the, the, uh, the tunnel operator money. So, you know, this is something that, that WashTech has had for several years. Um, we're also selling this in North America now. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it seems to be a, a technology that really, really is an answer to some of the fundamental questions that we have in the tunnel business. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah the, the cost of utilities are probably more expensive in Europe than it is in the U.S. So, for example, Definitely. I've got maybe 150 horsepower uh, blower at the end of my tunnel. With using this linear technology in the blowers, it's about... 35 horsepower, is that correct? Is my yeah, 35 example. or even less, even okay. less. Yeah, 
But I mean, again, it's if it's six inches off the car, it really uh, it can do a much better job of cleaning. So that's uh, uh, that's what we will see at the upcoming ICA show, and um, we're looking forward to to showing this new technology. Well, new but not new technology to North America. So it's going to be an okay. exciting uh, time. Okay. Yeah. So it was interesting watching the equipment move with the car, and I think the big issue we always have is how long can we keep the equipment on the front and the back of the car, and it's usually the, the least amount of time, um, you know, of anything. So when I saw this technology, I was really intrigued with it. The fact that it could, it could work, it can move with the car and work with the car. And you can keep those, that cloth on the front and the back of the car for a longer period of time. And then, and then are, are you able to use less water? Do you think with the linear technology and rinsing? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, if, if you put that water directly on the car and you're only a couple inches away, certainly you can use less water uh, in that process. Um, and water, as, as you could imagine, is a major issue over in Europe, as it is in some parts of the United States as well. Sure, sure. So uh, given that, where do you think the U.S. car market, uh, car wash market's going if you had to, you know, you're you meet with other CEOs and executives, and I'm sure you sit around and talk about this, but what are some thoughts that you have as far as where the market's going to go? Well, um, you know, we, we follow a couple of major uh, data points, if you will, to see where this market's going. Um, and let me share those with you. There's four major data points. It's gas prices. It's, uh, it's the amount of driving Americans do, the unemployment rate, and the interest rates. Um, all of those factors look very, very promising for us right now. Gas prices, historic low at $2.40. Americans are driving 19,000 miles per year. Unemployment's below 5%, and uh, obviously interest rates are still at historic lows. So, you know, we're very optimistic about the, um, about the, the, the market. Um, we don't necessarily have a, a crystal ball as far as what's going to happen. Um, we do see... Um, that there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of operators out there that are offering what you call me too car washes and um, from what we see um, we think those operators are going to are going to struggle uh, those operators who offer value added differentiation really focus in on that customer experience um, both you know recognizing that washing a car is is the second you know protecting the second biggest investment of their life this is something that's very emotional and it's very practical and uh, they want to have a good experience going through there. So um, overall, I, I would say that we're, we're very optimistic. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to get your perspective from an operator standpoint. Do you see customers every single day? Uh, what do you see as the, uh, the future of the car wash industry? Yeah, I think, I think more, more people are doing it themselves, obviously. They're, you know, I don't think my kids ever washed the car in the driveway like you and I did, probably. It wasn't that experience or event, you know, and so... I think you're seeing more people uh, wash, you know, their car professionally at all types of different car washes. I think they're going to wash it more often once they get comfortable with the speed and convenience of that experience. And then I think there's going to be a lot of choices for people. I think people are going to use different types of car washes for different reasons. They'll use in-bay automatics um, if it's available and, you know, it's, it's an impulse. They're at the convenience store and they're in the middle of running errands or They'll get a full-service car wash every once in a while if the inside's dirty. So I think you're going to see customers using different types of car washes for different reasons. And so I, I think I think you know I think all boats are going to rise here as the car wash industry continues to grow and and evolve. So that's, that's kind of my perspective. What what are your thoughts on the emerging technologies of cars? Do you have any thoughts on that? 
Well, um, that's interesting you bring it up. It's a discussion that we just had at the, uh, the ICA board. Um, you know, I think the, the biggest emerging technology certainly is these, uh, the driverless vehicles. And, um, you know, we also have, uh, I, I take Uber a lot, and um, I, really, I really like the Uber service. So if you get a blend of those two technologies, that's really going to change the way we have transportation around this country. Those cars are going to need to be cleaned, and um, you know I, I don't know what what the future holds there on how those cars are going to be cleaned. I do know um, uh, that uh, well. Example: one of our major customers is Tesla, and um, Tesla is looking at that right now, and they're trying to figure out well, okay, if we have driverless cars and they're they're driving around commercial passengers, how are we going to get these things cleaned? So they're starting to to think through that right now. Um, the other uh, major thing that I would point out is the way that transmissions work and how they work together with um, with the actual conveyors. I know that uh, the uh, the ICA is is working together along with the uh, the car car manufacturers to figure out good solutions for the future. So uh, I think uh, we'll see some exciting developments. What, yeah, what do you see? Be. Well, I'm uh, I'm kind of in the same boat. Yeah. So as full disclosure, Chris and I are both on the ICA board. So it is a very big focus for us to try to figure out what the emerging technologies are doing and how do we translate that to to uh, our members and to the industry as a whole. So, yeah, we, we've got to get out with the car wash manufacturers and explain to them that, you know, these cars need to be washed and we've got to be able to put them in certain states that allow them to be washed, whether it's standing alone in a in-bay automatic uh, stall, whether it's getting put on a conveyor, whether it's getting put on a belt, uh, we've got to be able to, you know, we got to, the car's got to recognize it's in a wash mode. So it's got to turn off a lot of the, the safety technology that's surrounding it so it doesn't perceive the equipment coming at it as a threat and then decide to do something it's not supposed to do. So we're working real hard on that. And, um, you know, interesting that the consultant that we hired is very bullish on increased car use. So the question of is Uber and is autonomous car is going to decrease the number of cars and uh, our consultant really believes they're going to see a lot more passenger miles um, uh, in the future because people that can't drive now will be able to take take trips they'll be able to take trips in cars not driving them but they'll be able to to ride in them so people that are younger than driving age right now so you know running errands for kids might look completely different hmm. and for your you know your parents and your grandparents might be riding in vehicles doing errands where you know, they're not comfortable or they might not be safe driving a car, but they'll be able to ride in a car. So I think we're going to see some interesting, interesting things. Obviously, it's probably not going to be the way we think it's going to roll out, but uh, but it's going to be interesting nevertheless. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Good. good. So, well, just give us a little bit of information on you, Chris. What do you like to do for fun and, uh, you know, how to keep yourself entertained when you're not building car wash equipment? Oh, I'm, I'm uh, well, two things. Num- number one, I've got a, a wife and two kids, and uh, I love spending time with them, uh, albeit uh, I spend a lot of time flying in and out of Denver International Airport. Um, but uh, my passion here are the mountains in Colorado, so I love cycling, hiking, and skiing. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just uh, we live in a very unique place, so uh, I would imagine you share some of the same passions. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we love we love Colorado, and uh, we, we share the same passion in cycling. So Chris and I, when we're not talking about car washing, we like to talk about bicycles and our 
unlimited passion for spending money on bicycles when we don't need to. Um, but you, you know, you, your, your job when you left, you know, give us a little history of when you left your CPA firm and decided to, uh, become a, a cycle guide in Europe. Can you tell us a little bit about how that happened? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I was actually a customer. The, the company that I joined was called Backroads. It's the largest um, uh, active travel company in the world. Uh, I was a customer of theirs, and um, I just really, really enjoyed it, and I loved the service that they offered. After uh, five years of being a CPA, I said, you know, I, uh, I think there's, there, there's more to life here. So I just wanted to try something different, and uh, I went and started becoming a guide. I became a manager over in Europe as well, and um, I loved the international culture, and it's actually interesting because it's reflected in what I do today because uh, yeah. I still very, work very closely with Europe. That's good. That's good. It seems like everything you did kind of got you led toward uh, Mark 7 and WashTech, so that's, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. good. Okay. So if people want to find out more information about WashTech and Mark 7, where would you recommend they go? Yeah, you know, best best place to go is obviously our, our website, um, but we are at all the car wash shows across North America, um, in particular the ICA show. We're going to have a very large presence there. Um, you can also reach out to us directly by phone. So uh, we have uh, sales reps in every major market in North America, including Canada. Um, so it's relatively easy to get a hold of us. Okay, terrific. And if they wanted to find you on the internet, where would they find you? Uh, internet uh, would be at our, our, our uh, website. So just Google Mark, Mark VII. Um, alternatively, you can find any of the, uh, the, the employees on LinkedIn or some of the other websites out there as well. Okay, terrific. Good, good. Chris, thank you so much to join us today. We appreciate it, and uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you in the future. All right, David. I appreciate the opportunity, and I wish you the best of luck with uh, this, this great service that you're offering. Okay, terrific. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on this episode of The How of Car Washing, and thanks to our show sponsor, Diamond Shine. Please visit us at thehowofcarwashing.com for the show notes to this episode. Thank you for listening to The How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.